create a community for self-healers. Together, we'll unlock your own creative capacity to design a life of holistic wellness and embrace the healing journey, one step at a time. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Art of Podcast. I am your host, Leah Fisher, and I am thrilled today to have my friend and my former therapist and just a really dynamic voice talking about so many issues that are so relevant to all of us. And um, just welcome, Ashley Burgess. I'm so glad to be here, Leah. Thank you so much for having me on your show. Yeah, yeah. So you are the Live Your True Life coach, the host of the Live Your True Life Perspectives nationally syndicated radio show and podcast, and founder of the Live Your True Life Institute. That is a lot of (laughs) Live Your True Lives. (laughs) Tell us about that and tell us about how that came to be and who you are and all that. Leah, that's a great question. You know, back in the day, a long time ago, before I wrote my first book, I was really trying to figure out um, exactly the direction, you know, which direction you had to go and, and what really mattered in life. And and I was toying between live your true life and live your best life. And this was before Oprah Winfrey did her thing. So this is a long time ago, and I don't want to age myself on this show. So <laughs> what happened was I thought, okay, what's the difference between living your best and living your truth? What does that mean? And what does it mean to live true? And I figured that our best is kind of all we know with the knowledge that we have at that time would be our best, the best possible situation. But I feel like there's more to it. I feel like best is best, but I think that truth, there's something deeper about being in your truth. What does that look like? It's about being authentic. It's about letting go of the things that have been put onto you as a child. And and that's one of the biggest things that I think people overlook when people talk about being authentic and, and being comfortable in your own skin is honestly... We have a lot of things put on us when we were growing up, when we're in the family dynamic, we're told a lot of things that we are that aren't really true. We take on a lot of things that aren't us. And then I feel that in order to have our truth, we have to begin to figure out what those things are that aren't us and begin to let those things go, shed those things with the personal work. And that's why live your true life is so important because I think once you get to that point and you let go of all those restrictions and all the things that were put onto you and a lot of that negative self-talk and a lot of those you know, core wounds that we're dealing with, all of a sudden you become that authentic self and that becomes your truth. And so then at that point in time, instead of living the best of what we know, we are actually living our truth. Mm, that is so beautifully said. And you know, I know that that's just such a coherent thought and that just doesn't come naturally. You've done a lot of work, a lot of study, a lot of school and a lot of research and seen lots of clients to come up with all of this new work that you're doing. Tell me a little bit about your journey to how you got to the, to these ideas and this, what you're bringing to the world these days. Great question. Uh, you know, a lot of people have a different journey and I, and I think everybody has a different journey. Uh, my journey started as a young child and I was born with a condition that nobody understood. Uh, I was in the hospital uh, for 200 plus days out of the year, wow. years and years in a row. Uh, my life growing up was really tough health-wise. And I remember going through that, trying to figure out what it was. What what did I have? Why did I feel so bad? Was Why was I always sick? Why was I always in the hospital? And, you know, growing up, it was hard because nobody understood it. Can, can you tell us what the condition was? Yeah, well, I finally figured it out. It oh. took, uh, it took 20, what, 21 years to label it? Oh, wow. In, in middle school, high school, they thought I had multiple double hernias, all kinds of different things. And then I had experimental surgeries done on me. And, and then they almost, um, I, I almost died on the operating table, actually, two different times. And then I had experimental surgeries done on me eventually when they figured out what it was. So mm. 
they eventually figured out that I have a venous lymphatic malformation, which is a second lymphatic system, which apparently is super, super rare in the entire world. So oh I became this like uh, medical marvel that, you know, they want to study and experiment on. And so going through that process and then doing experimental surgeries, uh, I did two of those experimental surgeries and then I stopped because it caused thrombosis throughout my entire body, blood clotting, not a good thing. Uh, and I didn't trust the system. And then I was really glad that I trusted my instinct and I trusted my gut because a few months later, that same surgeon um, killed four people on the operating table. So uh, I'm glad to be here. It's so important to listen to your intuition. It is. And and, and many of you discount your intuition and, and we do discount our intuition a lot because, you know, we're told to override it, to overlook it. You know, some of us are in relationships where you're catching those red flags, but your intuition is telling you something, but you keep holding on to a whole plethora of red flags. There's a lot of things that we're doing here when we're not listening to our gut. And so I was able to actually single-handedly save my own life. And going through that process my whole life and, you know, having a handicap sticker for a long time and not being able to walk and having all these issues and having all these pains and all these problems it really kind of came to a crescendo. But I remember throughout every day of my life, I never knew what, when I was going to be here or if things were going to change or if I was going to die. And so you look at life so differently uh, if you think that you're not going to be around. And I know that a lot of people are kind of on the other side of the coin where they have this really healthy life growing up and then you know they get older and in the final stages of their life, they come into some sort of situation, cancer or some sort of disease or something. And it makes them question their reality. It makes them question everything. It makes them, you know, connect with people, you know, right the wrongs, do the apologies, get to know people. A lot of times we start straightening out our affairs, mm-hmm. right? Well, I started straightening out my affairs and understanding life and the human condition when I was super young mm-hmm. because I didn't know how long I was going to be around. Right. And right. so it changes everything. So you get to know people. You understand the reasons why they do things. You start seeing what they're doing. You start understanding patterns um, with people, you start understanding what people love. You start understanding their dedication, the dynamics, you, you the, the human condition becomes very, um, obvious. And then when you also start getting right with yourself and saying, Hey, I don't know what's going to happen, but I need to get right with me in this moment. Mm. And that's such a beautiful thing. I mean, even though that had to be agonizing for you to go through, I mean, I can't even imagine how much of the emotional turmoil you'd have to go through just dealing with a chronic illness so young without any life experience or any frame of reference, but probably catapulted you into, I want to help people. I mean, you probably knew you wanted to be a healer and a helper from a very young age. Is that correct? Uh, you, you've nailed it for sure. Exactly. I knew that I always loved the human condition. I love people. I really connect with people and and I liked understanding people's plights. I under, I love understanding the reason why somebody does something. And I think we all have reasons for doing things. And that's what's so interesting is that, you know, when we're in the middle of it, we don't realize that the other person in the relationship or whatever is actually kind of mirroring us in some way. Mm-hmm. Their fear is very similar in our fear, but our reaction to that fear is different from their reaction. Mm-hmm. And so that was something I started catching as a it's young like, kid. It's like a puzzle piece. Like yeah. the dysfunction, it's like it's perfect fit puzzle piece, although it's different. Exactly. The, the dysfunction is perfect yeah. because it's the exact same thing, yeah. but it's done in a different way and it's shown in a different way. And so it's interesting how it fuels our fears. And, but at the same time, if you kind of step back and say, okay, wait a second, and it's hard in our own life, but I, you know, I get to do this with clients every day, but like the other day, for example, I was talking to a client. She was like, well, I was fear of, you know, abandonment, fear of him leaving me. Mm -hmm. And I said, I totally get it. I said, but 
you know, the reason why he started the, this entire pain process within your relationship is you made a comment about going to New York and moving to New York permanently. You scared him. You created this abandonment fear in his head. And then he literally, the dominoes just started going. He started freaking out and he started putting things into motion to jump into monkey branch to another relationship because he was already in fear that you were going to leave him. You were in fear of abandonment. That's why you made the comment to him to try to get him to make a comment to you about how you should stay. But he didn't do that. Mm. You see what I'm saying? But both people are in fear of abandonment. Yeah. But they're shown different ways. Yeah. So, so like, say someone is in a situation like that where, you know, they're feeling victimized by a certain situation and they start to realize that they had a part in it. How do you suggest someone takes a pause to really look at their part so that they aren't contributing to the toxic cycle of whatever situationship they're engaging in? That's a great question. Leah, awesome. Exactly. It's about stepping back. One of the things that I've realized is that when we start having problems in any relationship, it's time to step back Mm -hmm. because there's something not right. There's something not right. And I think the general consensus here, and and I know we've all done it, is we get online, we go to YouTube. Thank God everybody goes to YouTube. I really like YouTube. I'm a big proponent of it. She's a, she's a big deal on YouTube, so you guys definitely, I'll link her uh, YouTube on the in the show notes. Definitely check out YouTube. So, but we go on YouTube and we start understanding like what's wrong with my partner. Mm-hmm. You know, what's wrong with that person? You know, are, are they a narcissist? What's going on? What what do we have here? Yeah. And we start trying to qualify and quantify them instead of sitting back and saying, okay. We all need to know what we're dealing with, but we all need to know why we're dealing with it and then also realize that a lot of the things in our relationships are just symptoms of the situation that we need to deal with internally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What are your thoughts on, it's kind of woo-woo, but that that like we actually are attracting that kind of energy because for the main purpose so that it can show us what we need to heal within ourselves. I think it's right on. Uh, I think we deal with that all the time. I think that actually we bring to us that because of our subconscious. Mm -hmm. I think that the universe gives it to us. For example, I was talking to a client two days ago and I said specifically, do you remember back six months ago before you entered this next relationship? I said the universe will give you a similar relationship with similar issues, but the two women will look completely different. Will be probably, I mean, you won't, you wouldn't be able to say, oh, they're similar because you're looking at things that don't matter. You're looking at looks, age, that sort of thing. You're not looking at pathology and you're also not looking at your own issues. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, literally his hands were in the air going, you're right, because it it's the exact thing. I said, because we worked so much together, but apparently we still haven't done all the work we need to mm-hmm. because you brought it right back to you. The universe was wanting to see, are you going to catch it soon enough? Are you going to be aware of it, see the red flags and internalize and say, okay, wait, this is similar. Mm-hmm. And then why am I accepting this behavior? Mm-hmm. And in this particular situation, you know, the person is being put down constantly by their significant other, you know, ridiculed, uh, that sort of thing. And I said, we, we've already done this before. Yeah. But it's, it's hard to see because when you're in like limerence and love and like those brain chemicals, like it almost blinds you. They say love is blind because it blinds you to the red flags. You're just feeling all those feelings And then it's hard to slow it down. You know, maybe you've already like engaged in sexual behavior and then you just can't see it until six months to two years. You sober up and you're like, why am I dating the same (laughs) girl I did last time? You know, (laughs) damn it. You know, like it's hard. It's, you know, so yeah. So, okay. I'm just going to ask personally for me Mm because, you know, I'm sort of dating, but I'm just still, I'm just like dipping my toe because all this stuff is so relevant to me. It's really hard because of the reason why it's hard for everyone but like okay say I'm like hit by struck by lightning they're the best thing ever um and then 
I see a red flag, but we just had the best time last night. It was so romantic and it was so this, like what, if I was your client, what would you say to me? Well, that's hard. And it's hard because we're having a fun time. Things are going well overall, you know, things are going well, but I think at the time of the red flag, as long as everybody's kind of in a sober situation confronted at the moment, if not, then confront it the next day. Which you don't want to do because you you also want to put your best foot forward and like not can not bring any drama to the situation, right? Very true. And, but I feel like if you catch something that really is... Because if we keep just letting things go, I mean, you can let one thing go and say, okay, maybe that was a one-off situation. Mm-hmm. Okay, maybe that was a one-off situation. That person might have not been in their best... Uh, not putting their best foot forward, you know, maybe something was impairing them, whatever that was that was happening. But I think if you catch a situation on a second time, mm-hmm. that's when you have to have the sit down conversation. Yeah. And you got to do it. As, you can't go backwards. You don't want to retro this because I know it's a lot easier to let it go in the moment, come back the next day or two days later and say, hey, you remember when you said this or did this? It's kind. It's the same. And I, I hate to say this because I don't want anybody to think that, you know, but, but I have a dog and I love my dog. But when my dog does something wrong, you know, honestly, like, let's say, for example, he's like yelling, he's like barking. I'm going to say, hey, stop barking. I'm going to make the comment right then because he keeps barking. I'm not going to wait till two days later when he's not barking and, and have this conversation with my dog, even though some of you will say you can't even have a conversation with a dog anyway. But I think dogs pick up on it. Yeah, no. But the same thing is for humans. We forget things. You know, all of a sudden it's like, oh, that was a big deal for you then. Now why, aren't, why are you bringing it up now? Mm-hmm. And I think it's just, I think... I hate to say it, but sometimes we have to put a little stop in the fun in that moment. And especially on the second time, the second red flag and say, Hey, can we just sit down and have a conversation and try to be as, as calm as you can and just try to bring up kind of just the facts of what happened and see how that person responds. The thing that concerns me though, when we do bring it up is you have to watch if the person does augment their, their, whatever they were doing, is it because they're augmenting it because they want to or is it they're augmenting it because you, they know that you're kind of on to them? So mm-hmm. you have to also look at that pattern in the background too. But I think you got to calm out on the second time. You literally got to sit there in a positive way. Try not to be combative or defensive and just see if you can have a conversation. Is there a reason why this happened? Tell me. Because it could be, it's probably a situation that they're dealing with that they might not even be aware of. Yeah. And if they do get turned off by it or if they don't want to date you anymore because you're bringing it up and trying to communicate, then that wasn't your person in the beginning anyway. You know, like... Mm-mm. Yeah. No, it's not. I mean, because if they don't want to talk about it, yeah. that's kind of your bird's eye view into what's going to happen in the future. You didn't know you were going to be doing a mini therapy session. I'll, I'll then know you It's later. perfect. It's perfect. <laughs> but, but, you know, if we can't talk now, how are we going to talk later? Yeah. And if it's about this one thing, you know, that's that's kind of a sign. And you can give somebody a moment to maybe cool down mm-hmm. and maybe reach back out to them and see where they are. But if somebody's really not wanting to have that discussion or, or talk about it, that might be a sign that they're not ready to be honest with themselves and then they can't really be honest with you. Right. Well, and you know, narcissism and calling people narcissist, I mean, it's such a hot buzzword. I mean, I, if I don't hear somebody saying, oh, he's such a narcissist at least once a day, it probably haven't been a while, you know, like it's a big thing and that's kind of your specialty. So Give us, you know, your little speech about narcissism because everyone, if they're mad at somebody, is calling them a narcissist right now. So what are your thoughts on that? That's great. Uh, you know, narcissism, it's a big deal now. It's a big buzzword. Everybody's interested in who's a narcissist. And I definitely have a lot of content on narcissism and, and borderline personality disorder. But narcissism is very interesting because when you're dealing with somebody that has narcissistic behavioral traits, especially in a relationship, they 
have a tendency of doing things that you don't expect. And they have a tendency of doing things that are, well, kind of self-centered and they don't really kind of think about you unless thinking about you is important to their situation. And I work with a lot of, of people that would define themselves with having codependent tendencies. Okay, so that, that's not a shameful. Like everybody will say, I'm codependent. Like everybody will at least admit, admit to that. It's not bad, you know. No? Codependent. I'm, I'm a recovering codependent. Yeah, I'm yeah. still in recovery. I don't think you ever. I don't think you ever get cured. Yeah, you know, a full on, a full on codependency. But I work at it. Yeah, you know. But I do have bouts of, you know, where you, where you'll do something and be like, whoa, that was a codependent maneuver that I just did. You know, I just accepted that reality for no reason. But narcissism is interesting because I think that a lot of people are awakening to it. I think because. Many people have been in family dynamics with parents, with a mother or father, or just a mother or just a father that had narcissistic signs and symptoms, and they didn't realize what that was when we were, when you're growing up. I didn't realize any of that growing what, up. What are the signs and symptoms of narcissism? Well, uh, a grandiose sense of self, um, very very self centered. There's a lack of empathy. So there's a lack of empathy. Like so, for example, if you have a codependent. And a narcissist in a relationship, you have the codependent that's doing 110 things for the narcissist because, again, the codependent's doing it for multiple reasons, right? Because they believe they have to to get the love. So that's also kind of the subcontext, right? Mm -hmm. But then they're also above and beyond very empathetic, caring about this person while the other person's very self-centered in nature and not and not very empathetic about their needs. You know, maybe, you know, you're constantly asking that person how they're doing and they're not asking you how you're doing at all. They're just responding back with what they're doing that day, how they're feeling, how much sleep they got or didn't get and you're what about me i mean did you didn't even ask me if i slept you know but but narcissism it's a very self-centered quality there's also a lot of insecurity so ultimately a narcissist now you have multiple types of narcissists because they often come off very confident right right well some can Mm -hmm. right so you have the you know the more overt narcissism which is very confident i'm in charge and i'm the boss man or i'm the boss lady or whatever um and and that's an interesting dynamic because they do feel like they know everything uh they can also have that know-it-all quality Mm-hmm. Uh, and not know all that. Uh, mm-hmm. They can also be very, uh, almost you feel like they're larger than life. They can walk into a room, they have this presence, they're larger than life, but that is a mask. And so if you understand that that's logically a mask, which it's hard to see because remember our society is built on what we see now as far as an image and it's built on what we hear somebody say instead of what they do. Mm-hmm. So when you start watching what a narcissist does, that's when you say, oh, okay, I'm dealing with a very scared, mm-hmm. insecure child and the package of a raging narcissist. Now you can have, you know, covert narcissists too. Mm-hmm. And those go under the radar very what well. What is that? I don't Ooh. know. I don't know that I'm familiar with this. <laughs> a covert narcissist is interesting because they're not all boastful and bragging and they usually come from the victim reality. So their life is based on victimhood. Uh, this happened to me because of this. This person did this to me. There's nobody here for me. I don't have any friends. There's nobody. Mm-hmm. And we can fall prey into that because we see this person as a victim. And so we're trying to help them. And especially if you're coming from the codependent tendencies and, that, and those attachment styles that lead us to be more codependent, you might be sitting there trying to help them, save them. In reality, it's interesting. You don't even realize that you're dealing with a narcissist. So again... You'll see them being the victim. A lot of times they can even hold court, but it's in a weird way. Like you might have a conversation happening and, and one person goes, well, I'm still 40 pounds overweight. I just can't, you know, and, and it's coming from a place that you feel, wow, oh, are you okay? But again, they're running the show. 
Mm. but coming from kind of the backwards situation because they're coming from more of the victim mm. than they are like the boasting. Wow. I, I wasn't aware of that. That's interesting. Yeah. Covert narcissism is interesting and it's, you'll see it a lot of times and you don't realize it. You know, when I really investigate with some clients, you know, when you start really digging deep and sometimes it, I'm not saying it's always with women, but sometimes you start digging deep with mothers and, you know, and you start watching that. And and interesting. At that. I was, I was just thinking that that seems like more like the female narcissist, mm-hmm. you know, in my head when I'm processing it and like the males are just, you know, they, they get the benefit of being a little bit more confident and a little bit, mis- you know, like presenting that way, I guess. And they can. And I think it's also a learned response too, because when you look at covert narcissism, the interesting part about it is it could be any sex, but at the same point in time, the way that they like the way that they actually go at doing things is very interesting because it's the exact opposite. It's very different. And one of the things that I wanted to bring up is they, you know, the, the covert and the overt both have a lack of, of empathy and they both have kind of that self-importance, underlining self-importance. But the interesting part about the covert narcissist is they have that sense of entitlement. Mm. and that's the thing that i think is so it's, it's about it's not about what they've done it's about what you've done what you have what you have is what is mine mm. you know yours is mine mine is mine okay and that's interesting too and then um resistance to change but also surrounding themselves with very uh, superficial relationships so people that build them up uh, in kind of a false way, but but the entitlement piece is very interesting, and and I really think the entitlement piece and the victim reality, so they're entitled to things that they haven't really worked for. Interesting. So that's a big one. Oh. Well, and so the other thing too about a covert is it's just subtle. Mm-hmm. It's not so in your face, and mm-hmm. so it's a lot harder to see. Mm-hmm. And again, the victim reality. You know, when somebody, for example, I can give you a great example. It was, I heard it from a client the other day too, and I thought that was interesting. And I've heard it in my own life. You know, where you have that friend that you you keep taking care of that one friend, you know, that one friend that constantly needs help, financial help, whatever it is, you're constantly taking care of them. And they're telling you, you're the only person I have. You're Mm -hmm. the only one. Well, you know what? Honestly, the only reason you're the only person that they have is because they've burned everybody else Mm -hmm. and you're still the one that's holding the bag. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yes. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. That, oh God. It's like everything you say, I'm like, yes, I've got that. (laughs) But like, okay. Yes. Okay. So... The person, if, if, if they're that person, um, and they're saying, you're the only one I have. And so where does the, the growth and the recovery come for that person? Because like feeling like you, if that, if you don't show up for that person, they're going to die. They're going to be homeless. They're going to kill themselves, you know, all these things. How do you disconnect from that? And like, how do you deal with the guilt or the anxiety that it produces because you're not going to enable these people. Mm, that's a big one. That's a big one. And the guilt is huge. Mm-hmm. The guilt is huge. It's painful. Uh, you know, I've had to do some major work with some friends in my past, and it was really hard. And one in particular was the hardest is that they, they had um, a drug addiction, and I was financially helping as well because I never wanted them to hit rock bottom. And it, it was kind of a situation where I just kept throwing, you know, additional funds or whatever I needed to do to make sure that they weren't on the streets and this sort of thing. And and one day it just hit like a ton of bricks and I realized that I was enabling and I was creating a problem. And unfortunately, I didn't want that person to leave me because I, I really cared about this person immensely and they become such a big part of my life. But I also realized that this was a really interesting, not so healthy connection. And I had the hardest conversation. I literally had to look at this person and say, hey, I do not want to see you and I do not want to talk to you until you've been in rehab mm-hmm. for six weeks. Mm-hmm. 
And that was the hardest thing I did. And I remember walking away from that. And, you know, I was walking, I was leaving, I went back home, and I was in tears. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I'm never going to hear from this person again. Now, I guess it was about a year and two months after that, I got a call. And it was somebody at a facility letting me know that this person had been there for six weeks. So it can work. But, you know, again, you got to think about it. There's been people that I have had to let go of that are not going to come back around. Yeah, they, they may they may just fall. But think about it. If we keep enabling them. Mm-hmm. So this is the thing, like you said, somebody's saying, you know, they could be on the streets or what have you or they're, you know, whatever. Eventually they have to step up and live their life. And and if we keep enabling, we're actually hurting them. And, and I think if you can look at it that way, so everybody that's listening to Leah's podcast right now is like, think about, you know, if you are enabling somebody in your life right now, if you keep doing that, what happens if one day you die? Mm-hmm. Okay. So like they have nothing. So they've been trained to do nothing. They can't do anything. And they've always like just accepted the fact that you're going to be there. They, they're never giving their best foot forward. They're never putting themselves out there. If it's not getting a job, if it's not getting off drugs or alcohol, eventually they're going to have to do it. Now, I'm not saying that everybody doesn't kill. People do kill themselves, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And, and, people, sometimes, and people do die. And they do die. Yeah. And we don't know if that's going to happen. And we hope it doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're scared, you know, calling the suicide hotline prevention, you know, you know, taking the precautions for that person. But at the same time, that could also be a way of keeping you in, you know, so you don't leave them. But I think ultimately you have to look and say, would I want somebody enabling me where I can't live to my full potential? Would that be okay if this was my one life to live? Would that be a good thing? And on the flip side, is it okay for me to enable somebody that is not my cross to bear? And and, and 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 that's when you have to kind of think about it. I might have to let this person go and it will be painful and some people will go quietly and some people will not. Mm-hmm. And then you have to just decide what you want to do after that and, and, be, and say, I'm here for you when you're ready to get right with you. Mm-hmm. But I think if we keep enabling, unfortunately, we don't really have anything because the relationship's not on equal ground. The person's not living up to their aptitude. And I just did a show, actually. It, it's it'll, it'll it's out, actually, and it's it's about... Um, I'll link it in the show notes. Perfect. Yeah, like, awesome. It's about uh, having the performance, like performing versus having potential. Mm-hmm. And a long time ago, a friend of mine told me, and, and he was going through a lot of things, and this is somebody that I had to let go. He said, Ashley, you see all my potential, and that's awesome. But you have absolutely jack crap with potential mm-hmm. and i and i looked at him i said no don't say that don't say that you you got all these amazing qualities and we're going to go through this we're gonna do this and he's like it's it's potential it's nothing it's just potential and i and so the whole show is about how we all have potential to do things until we actually perform mm-hmm. and do it mm-hmm. what are we doing and, and so if we're allowing somebody to live based on their potential we're not really allowing them to grow and we're actually not being a friend to them we're not being a parent to them we're not being a spouse to them whatever you know whatever we're coming in as we're not being that to them wow wow yeah i i see that a lot when you know people are dating people and they're like but they're a really good person and they could be so much and everything but but you're like but they're not but they're not today they're not they're so far away from that but anyway so yeah i think that's really interesting and common you know mm-hmm. i think we all do that cuz we want to believe the best we want to hold on to what we have we don't want to leave what we have just because we're seeing flaws but so that's great that's really good well so this being a podcast about creative energy and healing um, I know that you consider yourself a creative person. 
in what ways does that show up, whether it's with the work you do with people or the, the information that you're bringing to the world or anything else? Like how, how is creativity showing up in your life? Well, I think we have to be super creative when we're dealing with the mind and the heart and understanding that whatever we can actually think up, uh, whatever we can meditate and see is true mm. and is possible and is real. Mm-hmm. And so if you can see these types of things, don't discredit them. Don't discount them as, oh, I had this, you know, this wild meditation. No, it's real. In some realm, in some place, it is real. Mm-hmm. And so when I work with clients, the greatest thing is I can see like the trajectory of where they're going because it's really wild. I, I have been given some really cool gifts. So like, I can like, see a, like a visual? Trajectory? Yes. Oh, you yeah. can see it. I can see it. Wow. So I can see where they can be uh-huh. and I can see I can see interesting things about that. And that's where it's interesting, I think, is the creative spot that I don't always voice in the beginning because I think that that can sound like really wonky to somebody, but I can see it and I can see, I can feel the direction they're going. That's I can feel so the hesitations, cool. you know, so I can cool. see that. And then I can also see the roadmap of why. Mm-hmm. And usually like in the first two sessions, I can tell you why somebody acted a certain way or why you picked somebody, um, you know, in a certain relationship and then kind of go back to who that dynamic was. And it, it's very quick for me to figure that out because it's, I don't know why it's just, was it's a gift that was given to me, but I think that is creative. And then I also am always trying to find ways of living better. And so I have some stuff coming out soon and, and eventually it, it'll be out, but I, I have a master class that's about to launch here in the next month. And, and then I have a, a book that I will launch with it as well. And it's just better ways of living and, and it's very creative and it's very deep. Uh, but it's things that most people have never thought of. And it's things that I really have been thinking about for a long time. Do, do you mind uh, maybe just giving us a little sample, a little teaser, a little teaser. Okay. Uh, you know, I figured out how to, <clears throat> how to figure out how to live mindful and how to be present. Um, oh, can we bottle that? Yes. I'd, like to, I'd like to be an investor in that, please. <laughs> Thank you. Perfect. I need some help. It's, it's going to be amazing, but it's, it's, it's right, it was right in front of my face. Mm-hmm. And it's something that we can um, benchmark from and then use that benchmark to keep connecting. And that's what's going to be really helpful because I think we can all talk about mindfulness and we can all talk about being in the moment and being present. And that's easy jargon to say. And it's and it's like, oh, wow, let's, let's all be present. Let's all be in the moment. But it's about actually doing it and yeah. living it. And so I've actually figured out a way of doing it and living it. And it's going to be easy breezy. And I think that people are going to really connect with it. And when I stumbled upon it, it was like automatically instantaneous. So, yeah, so I have a master class coming out. Um, and then I also and, have and a book. You, and you like are creating this whole class, right? Like mm-hmm. the, yeah, you're, you're putting it together, like all the materials, all the subject matter, all the processes. Right. That's incredibly creative. That's very creative in a Gemini kind of way. That's true. I yeah. am Gemini. You're Virgo, right? Yeah, I'm a Virgo. Perfect. Mm-hmm. I love Virgos. Virgos are awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I always get, get onto astrology, but with Gemini's, you know, the communication and the constant drive to be sharing and, um, like changing the world, you know, that, that energy is so needed and just like being able to verbalize it. And and you're really, really utilizing that in your, in your work. I mean, to put together a whole program about how to be in the present moment. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's, that's huge. Thank you. Yeah. 
I have a couple other master classes out on um, understanding and living with somebody with borderline personality disorder, <clears throat> as well as the 10 day challenge to live your true life. So mm -hmm. if you don't like to read, you know, it's all in video format, but that's great. It can be helpful for somebody, especially in, in the BPD atmosphere, not understanding it, um, as well as, you know, walking through the processes of the 10 day challenge, which is really just trying to figure out how to find that truth and finding that authentic self and how to shed all the BS that was put on us as we grew up. And that's, that book is basically just how to do it. Yeah. And, and, and of course, as I said, I will, everything that she references, I'm going to be um, linking in the show notes so you can go and look at any of that. Um, so like, where do you get your creative inspiration from? Like, because so many people have so many ideas. I think that health and wellness and spirituality is just rising and so many people want to work in this space in this area and you've really manifested your education your practice now you're switching to this coaching area so how do you get the motivation how do you get the creativity you get a spark and then like bring it to fruition do you have a process around that <laughs> Yeah, I wish. Or is, it, uh, or is it just downloaded? Or It just downloads from the source. I mean, honestly, I, yeah. I think that, you know, whether you believe in God or, or how, however you define Buddha or whoever, but I, I mean, for me, it's God, it's a source. Uh, I, it just it just shows up and, and it's, it's there. It's like a big download, you know? It's exactly the same way with me with painting. When I'm centered and I'm open to receive, things get created that clearly weren't from my like prefrontal cortex, you know? It's like, where did that magic come from and it's, it's definitely cool. it's definitely from something higher i love your artwork oh thank you yeah amazing thank amazing you. yeah i need I, a piece oh, no <laughs> i i um am so fortunate to do what i do like every day i'm just so grateful and i know that you are too i am i, I totally am grateful to be able to work with people and and connect and that's something that's so important okay okay so i know that you are the founder of live your true life institute tell me what that is i'm fascinated so it's it's kind of just this umbrella that i'm creating right now uh of amazing people that are going to come together and work with me uh and you know i wanted to find the best of the best and so the concept of finding the best of the best is finding the best you know person to do emdr finding the best person in trauma mm -hmm. finding the best person in you know childhood trauma finding you know the best person you know, dealing with eating disorders, mm -hmm. uh, you know, so what I'm looking for and finding, you know, finding someone that has, you know, expertise in, in divorce and as a divorce lawyer that has turned into a life coach. Uh, oh my gosh, that would be amazing. <laughs> finding, uh, you know, so it's, it's been, you know, finding someone that's uh, dealing with, you know, chemical dependency, addiction, drug addiction, you know, finding someone that has, is really, you know, trauma-based, you know, family-based trauma. So basically the Live Your True Life Institute is, I'm bringing in all these stars to uh, be a part of it. And then I can actually have that as resources. So, you know, I, I can't do everything. And I don't, I, I don't ever say that I could do everything. And I don't want to do everything. And, and quite honestly, I really do want to shine the light on other people because I do have the platform and the international platform to really work with people. And so I'm just finding the best people. And then we're going to eventually do some, um, some conferences and some retreats. So, so you're all going to be in the same building. So it's kind of like a one-stop therapy shop. Like, like some, they could, maybe someone could call or look on your website and say, okay, this is my, my issue du jour. And right. then you're going to have a specialist for that. Right. Whether it's local or not local. So mm -hmm. it could be anywhere 
you know, around, um, around the world, mm -hmm. you know, are you going to have any, um, like metaphysical, um, practitioners, like maybe some body work people or astrologers or anything? I would like, like to, yeah. I, I think that's part of it too. I mean, I, th I don't think you can have one without the other. Mm -hmm. So I know that some people say, Oh, I don't believe in that. Or no, I, I really do think that, you know, energy work is important. There's yeah. a lot of things, uh, body work is important. Um, you know, astrology is important. I am, um, very interested in, but know very little about like the somatic therapy, mm -hmm. people who go in and like their body, like releasing the trauma through shaking or do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, yeah. I know, I know about that. And that's very interesting. And, and I do think, I mean, we hold it in our body, right? I mean, you know, I, I'd say that, you know, cancer and disease is also a form of trauma mm -hmm. and, and fear mm -hmm. and whatever those emotions and things it's, that's what we hold. That's why when people, you know, are, are stressed out or having, a very stressful day. Their their back hurts. Mm -hmm. Their neck hurts. You know, I've even had clients that have had multiple back surgeries yeah. before they came to me, and yeah. I said, "Well, once you left the marriage," and they're like, "Once I left the marriage, the back pain was gone." I said, well, <laughs> "All of a sudden, my headache is just non-existent." <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's like, well, maybe that was most of it, right? Yeah. But see, I think that's very important. Is like you know having that you know having that body work. You know, exercise is so important. You know, being able to have somebody. Uh, you know. Uh, Reiki is so important. I think that all these things can definitely be parts of the modules because I don't think you can have one thing by itself yeah. because it is mind, body, soul. I mean, if I just take care of my body, okay. If I just take care of my mind, okay. If I just take care of my, either way, I have to do all of it, mm -hmm. you know? And so that's what I'm really trying to, and it's the big picture. Yeah. And, you know, for someone that's kind of grassroots doing this, you know, but, uh, I'm, I'm doing it. Yeah. Yeah, you are. And, and, you know, it's, it, and people may start out with some kind of therapy, you know, maybe they just want talk therapy and maybe they want EMDR and then kind of, kind of grow. And they're like, okay, now I want to try this. Maybe I want to do that, you know? And so that's really great that you're going to have that resource for them that you mm -hmm. can say, okay, we offer all of this. And are you, you guys going to consult with each other? Is it going to be a collaborative practice where you guys can all kind of discuss together? Or is I think in some ways we will, um, you know, in some ways we will, legality reasons we'll have to figure all that out mm -hmm. but i think in some ways the one thing i want to happen and that's interesting because that, i wish that like all my teachers could all get in a room together and like say okay this that this that that would be awesome yeah that would be really good like a round table yeah like okay like <laughs> this weird whatever but yeah just so they could all just like if you had a, a, a cancer you know you're gonna have like several doctors hopefully in a good world that are all kind of communicating with each other about I don't know. I don't know if that's a th if that can be done in therapy. Well, I think it can, and that's reason a really big reason why I'm doing what I'm doing is because I would refer clients out to other people, and when you refer clients out to people that you're no longer that that you're not working with at all, mm -hmm. it, it's it's hard because you lose touch of that with that client and you lose touch of what's happening you can always go and check in with them and what have you but you have no jurisdiction or anything over what's really happening to that client at that point mm -hmm. uh, I've had some good experiences where I've referred out I've had some not so good I've had some poor experiences and so in, in order to stop doing that is why I kind of came to this conclusion is that you know I, I think when somebody comes to you for help um, if you can help them, you should, mm -hmm. and you should have as many resources as you can to do it. And I like that because I don't have to worry about letting that person go and hoping that things work out for yeah. them. You know, yeah. instead it's like, Hey, I'm going to set you up with this person. If you like them and it works out great. If not, we can go over here. And then I always kind of have a finger on the pulse because the person came to me because they felt a connection with me that I could help. And that's, what's so important is that anybody that comes to you in life 
you know, they're feeling drawn to you. They're, they feel drawn to you. And that means something to me. And yeah. so that's why I'm doing it. Reason why they're there. Well, I, I love that. And I can't, when, when do you think is like the target date for all that to come to fruition? We are working right now. So we have, um, you know, some people are actually waiting on me right now. So, <laughs> so, um, I, you know, I have a, I have a therapist right now that's working with me. Um, and, and she's, she's amazing and she's been working with me for a while. Um, and so she's going to continue on, uh, you know, I have, uh, the, the divorce lawyer life coach coming on, you know, she's been waiting on me. Uh, you know, there's a lot of folks waiting on me. So we're waiting on a lot of the, we're, we're having to create a lot of the structure around mm-hmm. everything. And that structure takes time. Yeah. Um, but we will get the structure taken care of. And once we do, then it's just kind of awesome because it's like, Hey, this is the person you need to see. Hey, check out this person here. Let me go on and connect you right now. Let's just go on and set the, you know, set up the call, you know, tomorrow. And so there's not like a lot of waiting around. I've also found out too, I've had some friends recently that have been needing to go to therapy and I've been reaching out and it's interesting in the process. I've met some really great people in reaching out and I've met some people that I don't want to refer to ever. And, and God bless them, everybody, but you learn a lot about what you don't want to do. Yeah. And you learn a lot about what you're doing is right. And so this has really been uh, eye opening for me even, and it's actually been even more helpful because I was kind of in the trenches looking for them, which is helpful and, um, helping them try to find what they need to find and in the process figuring out a lot of components so we're in the process I mean you know it's going to be here in the next you know I would say in the next few months we're going to be revving up so like I I can't wait to refer people there thank you and And maybe you can work with us for sure (laughs) yeah I mean I you know I um I guess it's the first time I've ever said this on air, but in my head, it's been tumbling around that I might start seeing clients again mixed with some astrology. Nice. You know, just because um, I'm just so deeply in love with astrology right now and maybe very, very few clients because I, you know, it's it's a big responsibility. You have mm-hmm. to really have a lot of integrity around where you are in your emotional state and your level of education and continuing education. And, you know, mm-hmm. I want to be very mindful of that and be prepared. Um, but I, I have been thinking about that. So maybe we will work together. That would be cool. Yeah. I'd love it. Yeah. If you're open for it, I'm, I'm open for it. Oh my gosh. This gave me chills. <laughs> I can't believe I just said all that out loud. So don't start calling for appointments yet. Cause I'm not quite there, but, um, and so, okay. Awesome. okay. So on every show, I like to leave the audience with a resource or two or three or 10 that they can on their own pick up and do a little self healing. So what are your favorite resources that you're leaning into right now or anything that you're doing or providing? Well, it's interesting. I actually feel that some films are very therapeutic and interesting and dynamic and thoughtful, and um, they make us aware of things in our life. And one of the biggest resources, and I know that some of you will laugh, you know, hopefully I don't get any scoffs on this one, but, um, Groundhog Day. Really? Oh my gosh, I love that movie. One of my favorite films of all time and something that I actually get a lot of my clients to watch because to some degree, we're all in Groundhog Day on something in our life. And, you know, it's we're running the same thing over and over and over again. And I think that... And I think that this film itself is so um, poignant. And I think that if you kind of watch it from a position of where am I in this? Mm. You know, what am I trying to get right that I just can't get right or what? Because I do think that like, I I do think that we have so much potential, but it's about how do we break that potential hold back that, that wall, that mysterious wall and break through that to performance. And Mm. I think that 
the Groundhog Day concept is so great. So if you watch the film, just kind of watch it. You can watch it a couple of times. It's actually good. Like watch it one time all the way through and then watch it from the perspective of, okay, wait a second. This is Ashley talking about doing a scientific experiment, watching this film and seeing myself in this situation. Now, it's not like you have to be in this relationship. I mean, there's a relationship is the main premise of it and you know the relationship and all the issues and then the main character trying to actually live his true life okay so basically the character is doing the best he can with limited resources you know has all these things in his way has you know an ego dynamic all these types of things insecurity not in the job that he wants all these things and then he meets somebody that he is attracted to and thinks that it's just mere attraction but doesn't realize it's something more and so he's he's doing the best he can but he doesn't have the techniques and so over time he begins to learn and grow and actually become more of a holistic person and basically working toward coming out of his issues and trying to be more truthful. And I think it's powerful. I love that because, you know, he he's reliving the same day every, every day and then he knows he's going to die at some point. And really, if you think about it, we're all not guaranteed it tomorrow. Like mm-hmm. this could be our last day. So what would you do with it? Like what... What fears would you not submit to? What um, who, what people would you tell them that you love them? You know, if you knew, like, at the end of the day, like, you're going to be gone, you know? Exactly. Ooh, that just gave me chills. Wow. Anything else? <laughs> well, I just think that's so amazing. I love that. And, and, and the other one I would say, too, is, like, check out Field of Dreams. Great film. Old school film. With Kevin Costner, right? Kevin Costner. Yeah. Great film. And that is awesome because... Uh, these are things that I live by in my life, and, and this these are like really like nuggets of wisdom that I think are really powerful because when you look at the film itself, you know, it's about somebody doing something that is absolutely asinine to everybody around them, you know, and, and I, I think probably, you know, if Noah's Ark was around, you know, they would say, this guy's building an ark, you know, but this whole situation is very similar. Where- oh, that, that's right. It's a build it. They will if you build it, they will come. Yeah, is that, is that the line? Yeah, 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 yeah. I love it. Yeah. Well, I saw it when I was a kid and um, I saw it with my family and yeah. I had a great time. I remember my dad and I sharing popcorn uh, and watching it, but it's great film and it's about somebody doing what everybody thinks he shouldn't do and they don't understand why he's doing it. They have no understanding and he's dedicated, so dedicated to it. Uh, and in the process, people are thinking he's losing his mind mm. and it's great because I think if you're doing anything in life that actually matters, there will be people that will see the value. And then just like in the, just like in the film, there's people that see the value a few, mm. but then there's going to be a lot of people that are naysayers and they're going to tell you, you can't do this. This is impossible. You know, you're out of control. You need to get, you know, you need to you're figure crazy. this out. You're crazy. Yeah. It'll never work. Yeah. You know, everybody else, everybody else has failed at this. Why are you special? Exactly. Why do you think you can do this when everybody else has failed? Yeah. yeah and I, you know, but this film is great. So if you, if you're doing something and you're coming up against haters or naysayers or people telling you that you're not good enough or it's not going to work for you. This is or if definitely... Your head, if your head's telling you you're not good enough, if, if the mm-hmm. person inside of you is telling you that too, right? That's even better. Mm. That's even more true. Yeah. Because our head, our brain, that record. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I love those recommendations. Anything else? Last but not least, obviously, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to have to pitch the book. But yeah, the 10-day challenge to live your true life. Uh, my last book, I have another book coming out. But the 10-day challenge to live your true life is awesome because it's that book... It's great for anybody that's coming out of a toxic relationship, anybody that's in a toxic relationship that doesn't really know how to get out of it, uh, anybody that's been in a series of cycles of toxic relationships, and anybody that's getting to know <laughs> or wants to know who they are, is this book is it, because I'm basically breaking down how you do it, how we find ourselves, how we find our truth, and it begins with 
identifying ourselves because remember many of us are in relationships where we're not holding up to any values we don't have any values because we don't want to rock the boat we don't want to be abandoned we have all these issues reasons why which is fine we all have these issues but we don't have an identity because of it and so i'm helping in this book basically walk you through how to have that identity create that identity um, that solid identity so then we can begin to actually look at the real issues around us and see it truthfully and clearly and then understanding what part we're playing in it but then better yet how do I develop my sense of self so I don't fall prey into relationships that are not for me relationships that are abusive uh, neglectful uh, relationships that are you know just don't work mm-hmm. and how to and that can be with friends family like I mean that can be with you know romantic relationships that's not just you know romantic relationships that could be across the board I love this so much because, you know, no one really teaches us how to be, how to show up in a healthy relationship, how to, how to do all this stuff. You know, this isn't in school. Our parents didn't know it. You know, most people don't have these skills. And so I love that educating yourself about all of this stuff, like arming yourself with something going into your next relationship or coming out or Mm -hmm. it's beautiful. Okay, good, good. I think I'm going to definitely order that for sure. Um, I'll get you a copy. Yeah, cool. Signed. For sure. Okay. Well, for sure. Okay. Well, okay. So are you taking clients right now or, you know, are you? I, I, I am taking clients right now. And then, uh, you know, Lisa, who's also working with me is taking clients right now too. Okay. Okay. And, um, I don't know if you want to give them the website link or whatever. Yeah. That could be yeah. Or... So where, where can, uh, we find you? How do they get in touch with you? What's your social media? Like how does everybody get in touch with you and find you? The first thing I would suggest is go to YouTube and just, you know, go into the search bar and put in Ashley Burgess. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'll find my channel mm-hmm. and it's pretty simple to find. Okay. And, and then, and then I also was looking on your Instagram and you know, the, your link tree has a lot of information there for your website and everything else that they can go to your Instagram. What's your Instagram? Uh, the Instagram is at Ashley Burgess. So okay. it's Ashley B E R G E S. And the only reason I suggest the YouTube is that you can get to know my personality. I guess after listening to the show, you <laughs> probably get it. But, but if you want to learn more about kind of me and just like, you know, do, do we connect? And then also there's some videos with Lisa in there as well. Um, so you can get to know her kind of, you know, the way that she is and her personality. Uh, and then the website, ashleyburgess.com. Okay. And, you know, as I've said th- 300 times today, I will link everything in the show notes that we've talked about, including the movies to YouTube, if you want to check those out. And you guys, you know, Ashley, you're such a resource. You're such a bright light. Um, I just love being in our little healing community with you. And I'm so grateful you came on the show today. Thank you so much for having me on the show. It means a lot to me. I'm so proud of you, and I'm, I'm so thrilled about your show because you're getting the word out there, and you're really connecting with people, and that's why we're here. Yeah, that's why we're, that's why we're all here. Awesome. <laughs> okay, I will talk to you very soon. Talk to you very soon. Okay, bye. So thank you so much to listening to The Art of Podcast. I really love doing this, and I love that you're out there and you're listening. If you would do one thing for me. Would you please go to wherever you're listening to your podcast and rate and review the show? It really helps us get distributed and get the information out to a lot more people. And that is just uh, really my dream. Also, if you want more information, go to my Instagram page at Leah Fisher Art. I'm always doing updates and, and posting our resources and posting paintings that I've done lately. So, you know, everybody's on the gram. So go there and check it out. And also look at my new website. It has a lot of great information on it. I post all my resources on my page and you can scroll through there and click and link to all of them. And uh, 
I don't know. I'm just, I'm loving the new webpage. So go check it out. And until then, I will talk to you soon. Bye.